Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Thanks. Hey, uh, church, we're going to jump right into John chapter 20, so go ahead and grab your Bible out. I hope that you got a home Bible. I hope that you got a chance to um, <clears throat> dive into Scripture together as a family and open up the Word and, you know, dust it dust it off if you have to. Don't worry. I got several like that. I got to dust off. This is the one that stays in my bag so it doesn't get dusty, so I'm all good. <laughs> but John chapter 20 is what we're going to be reading through today. And I'm reading from the, the NRSV today, so it's the New Revised Standard Version, but it doesn't really matter what version that you're reading from as long as you guys are reading some Scripture together. John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, now that day is, think about the story that we're in, right? We've just seen Jesus to the cross. We've seen Mary Magdalene meet him at the tomb. That's where we were last week. We pick up the story right from there. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Sounds a little bit like what we're going through right now. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed him his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. An incredible, powerful, beautiful moment of Jesus' breath. That Holy Spirit. But here's where it gets interesting. Verse 24. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. Then he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark on the nails in his hands and my side in his in my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Then he said to Thomas, "Boom! Right away, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe." Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. You know, I got to tell you, I feel like Thomas always gets a bad rap. Y'all with me? Thomas, Thomas, poor Thomas, always gets a bad rap. Anytime you hear this story, what do you hear it called? You hear it called Doubting Doubting Thomas. That's exactly right. We only know this guy because he was the doubter. He was the one who doubted that Jesus believes. He gets a bad rap. I don't know that it was necessarily his fault either. I mean, we don't know why he wasn't there, right? We just know that he wasn't there. Perhaps he's somewhat like me in my life right now where the honeydew list is growing day after day with things I didn't expect we were going to actually care about anytime soon, and now they're on the honeydew list. Maybe he couldn't get out. Or maybe they were like, Roman guards all through the streets in front of the place where he was staying, and he couldn't get out the door. We don't know why Thomas wasn't there. We just know that whatever it was that kept him from being there, he missed it. Surely you felt that before. Surely you felt that feeling where, you know, things were happening and you missed it, and and they're telling you about it, and, and they're like, oh, man, 
Oh, you had to be there. <laughs> this is the best thing. This is the best thing to ever happen in the history of creation. And Thomas missed it. Imagine that feeling. Thomas always gets a bad rap. But he was actually pretty special. Think back to last week, all right? Go with me back. We're going to rewind. Bloop, bloop, bloop. We're rewind. That's my rewind sound. I don't know. Maybe it works for you at home. You go on back. Who was the first one, the first person to proclaim the good news? We talked about the first pastor of the church last week. First pastor of the church. All together now in my house. Mary. Mary. Not my house, but this house. Mary. Mary sees him, and as soon as she sees him, she calls out to him and says, Rabuni, right? Which means my teacher. But Thomas, though, the one who's famous for doubting, the one who wasn't there, the one who didn't believe, Thomas is the first one to confess to Jesus that he is Lord, my Lord and my God. He says to Jesus in this moment, we have no other scripture that says that anybody said this to Jesus but Thomas, the very first one that post-resurrection, this is a big deal and oftentimes gets overlooked. This is the guy that wasn't there, right? This is at least according to scripture, this is the first one to call him who he is for all of us, my Lord and my God. What a relief it must have been for him in that moment. So much loss, so much grief, probably frustration and, 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 and anger. But in the middle of all of that doubt, Jesus shows up. Just a brief history lesson for y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can barely remember what day it is, too. Anybody with me? Like, like I don't even know. Like, I was, I, my arm went off this morning. Even this morning. I'm a pastor. I really got, like, one thing I get out of the house to do right now. And I'm like, oh, is it Friday? No, oh, it's, oh, that's right. Sunday. Yep, got to get up. Got to get, gotta get going. But I was, I was leading classes, and I was teaching congregations, and I was doing consulting work for other congregations all before all of this. And remember, before all of this, the way that we were talking about church, before this, the church across the board, all denominations were in decline. Were in decline. Attendance were dro was dropping. Finances were dropping. It seemed like interest was dropping. I'm reading article after article about how everybody's leaving the church and the church is no longer relevant. Leaders were feeling lost. I got leaders left and right that are like, man, I'm just out. I'm done. I, I didn't even know if I want to do this anymore. Looking for some way to meet people with some brand new ways of uh, uh, doubting how we even go forward as a church because it was hitting us from all angles. Now, before I go to the next part, I want to give you a disclaimer. God didn't cause this virus to teach us something. I'm going to say it again. God didn't cause this virus to teach us something. God didn't cause this virus, period, hard stop. God isn't punishing us for anything. Let go of that rhetoric. Stop listening to it. It's absolutely bunk. Our God, though, is the God of resurrection. Our God brings life from death. And you can bet your sweet cans of green beans, God is going to bring life from this. Yeah. 
Brothers and sisters, I come to you with good news. Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty. And now, too, the church is risen. And perhaps more full of life than we've been in years. Oh, pastor, I get it. That's fine, man. I get it. But it's a pandemic, right? It's just going to it's gonna come and go. And people will remember. They'll write about it in history books. But we've seen this before. People have short memories. The next news cycle will come along in no time. And they'll be talking about whatever it is. Yeah, maybe so. It'd be really great if we were able to flatten the curve and gather together again soon. Praise Jesus that that would happen. Believe me, I miss y'all so much. I mean, I do jokes in this room and nobody laughs at them. <laughs> hey, it worked for the first time. That was actually good. But you see these talk show hosts and they're doing shows from their home and they say the joke and then they stop. And it's silence. It's awful. We need that community. We need to be together. But if we're all thinking... That God isn't going to do something big through this, then we might miss one of the coolest things, one of the most important things that God has ever done in God's church, at least in our lifetime and for generations before us. I'm going to lay something out there. There's a great theologian passed away a number of years ago, about five years ago now, Phyllis Tickle. She was one of my favorite theologians. And she kind of said, this is a nice way to put it, she says about every 500 years, God has a giant garage sale. I'm going to post a link in the chat so you can hear this lady speak. She's amazing. And, uh, and a really great article about looking at all the times where God has seen this great movement. The world moves in some particular way. Something happens, and God moves the entirety of the church. The last time it happened was 500 years ago in the Great Reformation. The printing, of the printing press came along, and all of a sudden, the word was being translated into language that people could get a hold of. There were historical things that were happening all at the same time, and God moved and shook the church to its core, and all of a sudden, people could read the scriptures for themselves for the first time in ages, and all of a sudden, Jesus became more accessible than ever before. Brothers and sisters, that was in 1517. That was about 500 years ago. All I'm saying is, if we're not paying attention, we might be missing out on something incredible. If we've been waiting for the new reformation of the church, maybe, just maybe, here it is. Every week we've been talking about internet church and, and virtual communion. We've been saying, well, we're going to catch up on, uh, uh, Christina said, computer Jesus. I love it. i got to get my computer Jesus this morning, my internet church, my virtual communion. But what we're actually seeing right now is just church and just communion. And just Jesus. And that's the beauty of this, guys, that it's not virtual church. This is church. You at home are in church right now with your family surrounding you or there by yourself. You're not alone because the communion of saints that gathers here gathers with you there as well. It's not virtual church or virtual communion. It's church and it's communion. God is doing something new. I'm not saying that this will be the only way that it exists post-pandemic, but it certainly is giving the church a whole new place platform, a whole new understanding. Do you know how many congregations before had no idea how to go online and meet with their people? And all of a sudden, God has given them this time to learn something new, a new way to meet their people that their people could not get before. There are people that were going to congregations that couldn't access their church because they couldn't get out of their home before this. And now they've got an opportunity. God is doing something new. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the doubt, Jesus shows up. The church, brothers and sisters, is being resurrected as we speak. South is having the widest reach 
that we have ever had. If you're not sharing this at home, please take a minute and share it. Because what's happening is we're starting to interact with people through your feed that we have never met before. And they're calling out to us. They're emailing us. They're talking to us about what this means to them. They're saying amen. They're hearing the good news because you hit a button on your phone or your iPad or your computer. It's a whole new way that people are getting reached with the gospel that we never thought possible before. We just didn't even do it. We weren't doing it. We're seeing people like never before. When all this craziness sets in, Jesus shows And today we read about doubting Thomas. (laughs) Painted a doubter. But I think calling him that's a misstep. I really do. I love somebody that wants to go deeper. That wants to dive deeper into faith. People that don't just settle for whatever. People that want to see for themselves. They want to know what makes God real in their lives. People that want facts. Rather than just relying on an opinion or conjecture. Thomas doubts, yeah, but it's because he wants to believe. And right there, right there, right then, we see that this story isn't really that much about Thomas. It's about Jesus showing up, who meets him right there in his doubt. Thomas' world is falling apart, and for whatever reason, he missed it. And then Jesus meets him in his despair and doubt. And when all the facts pointed to the obliteration of hope, when he was gone and away from his community, when he was calling out his best friends, basically calling them liars, when he was devastated that he had missed out, that's how Jesus works, brothers and sisters that's the same thing for us right here right now when all the facts seem to point to the obliteration of hope when we are away from our community when we're surrounded by worry misinformation and doubt and here again Jesus shows up we've talked about it over and over and I'm going to talk about it over and over and you might get a little tired of hearing it but Jesus is showing up all over the place just look at what's happening in our world right now there's chaos there's misery there's death but Jesus keeps showing up in all of those places. There's action of the church to care for one another, to go beyond ourselves in the midst of these walls and say, the church never had walls. Action in our healthcare workers and our educators who are working their tails off to figure this out. And also all of those essential workers who keep showing up, reflecting the light of Christ while they bag my groceries. I hope you're thanking these people. I hope you're telling them that they are reflecting the light of Jesus to you as they show up day after day to put them at risk so that we can carry on. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is showing up. And it just goes to show us when we doubt, Jesus shows up. When we feel like outsiders, Jesus shows up. When we feel like we miss the Holy Spirit and the glory of what God has done, Jesus shows up. I'm getting fired up this morning because the Holy Spirit is doing something new. And I hope that we are paying attention. Jesus loves us enough to not leave us stranded in doubt and despair. In this new reality of what the church is becoming, the old is gone, the new is now. The buildings are empty, but so is the tomb. The buildings are empty because the church is being resurrected. The new church will be more agile, more flexible, 
more accessible. The church will be better able to handle doubt and chaos and question than ever before. Be better equipped to cross the board with a new experience to reach people that never been reached before. Our geographical restrictions have just been blown up. We are meeting people all over the country right now. And our understanding about how people interact with the church is changed, fundamentally changed right now. Community is being fostered in brand new ways and we're so well equipped here at South. I thanked our tech team this morning, our musicians and all the people that keep pouring in to what happens here and beyond throughout the week. It's the new church. It's happening. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share this with your friends, to send it to somebody who needs to know that things are new and that happening in grace and mercy. Right now, we're working to make this as powerful an online worshiping experience as we possibly can. We want to keep it excellent, but y'all, we're going to keep it real. We are going to absolutely keep it real. And where we go from here is even more exciting. Our leadership at South is working hard on what's next for Christ South. And there's some really deep conversation going, praying, researching, dreaming, thinking about what is God calling us to do as a church, about how God has moved us, is moving in us, and where God's going to take us next. Oh, man, I could not be more excited. I'm going to tell you, I could not be more excited. These days may feel like an ocean of doubt. I don't know if you heard that word was in almost every single song was about this ocean, ocean of God's grace, the ocean of worry and doubt, the ocean of despair and what God does in the midst of those waters. It feels like there might be a bit of uncertainty, but let me tell you something. God has never been uncertain about anything. God knows exactly what's next for the church. And the next reformation starts now. Resurrection is here. So brothers and sisters, engage your doubt. Engage it. Put your hands into the scars. Look at the holes in his hands. And call out to the Lord of all, to Jesus. And call out to say, Jesus, I want to see you in my life like I never have before. But let me tell you something, get ready. <laughs> because Jesus shows up. You will be able to see the risen Christ even as we might feel broken and wounded. The church is alive. The church is risen and the church will do even greater things than ever before through you. Thomas couldn't believe Jesus was alive. Heck, Peter out on the water couldn't believe that it was Jesus on the water and said, Lord, command me to get out on the midst of the water. But the truth is this, God is pretty freaking amazing, believable and real. So come and see because Jesus shows up. Come and see the risen king, then come and be the risen church because Jesus shows up. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks. We know that you meet us in the midst of chaos. You meet us in the midst of brokenness. You meet us in the midst of our doubt. And you come to us. You don't even call us to come to you. You meet us there in our locked up rooms, in fear, in worry, in doubt, in loss, in grief, in whatever it is that we're dealing with, Lord. You show up. So God, get us ready. Because as we engage that doubt, 
as we see that chaos around us. Come meet us, Lord. We pray all this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and all the God's children say, amen. I want to take a minute and uh, show you uh, just a brief, just a brief video. Give it to you now. Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor for Christ South. As a father of three kids, I get it. I'm running them from one side of the town to the other. I completely get it. Life remember is when this was just a dream? Do you remember when it was just a gathering? Do you remember when it was just an idea in a circle of people? Do you remember when it was just one strum on the guitar? When it was just a vision? When it was just a small grant? When it was just a few of us? Remember when it was just a couple baptisms? Do you remember when it was just a bunch of great ideas? Do you remember when it was just a few chairs? Do you remember when it was just a little trailer? Do you remember when it was just in a dance studio? And man, oh man, look at what God has done. And God did all of this through you. Thank you. Thank you for trusting this vision. Thank you for getting behind this vision. And thank you for showing up and pitching in week after week after week. We give God thanks for all that you have done. Thank you, Christ Lutheran. And now, get ready. Because God is going to take this to a whole nother level. We can't wait to see what God's going to do next. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.